0: Yeah, it's vital to survival because people are not paying attention to. When the bees are gone, your ass is gone. No bees, no you, no me. It's this a done deal.
1: Welcome to the Gardeners Report, a Pittsburgh-based podcast where we dig into stories about gardeners to explore the work they do and the impact it has on our environment and community. This episode, we hear from Lewis Johnson, who is a Pittsburgh resident living in Mount Oliver. His extensive knowledge of projects in the community shows the impact of green space development.
0: Who am I? I'm Lewis Johnson. I am a father, dedicated, definitely girl dad, bona fide. I am a neighborhood pro advocate. I am a mentor for the Coalition for Father and Families, uh, also the president, um, founder of the Hilltop Coalition Fathers and Families, and I'm part of DECA, and that's a
1: bit about me. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about your background and um, you know where you grew up and, and where well, you are now.
0: My background is, I'm from Larmer Avenue in Beltsuver. I grew up. So my mother lived in Beltsuver. My grandparents were from the Larmer area. So I was raised in Larmer. And uh, I came up over here on this south side, which, you know, I love it over on this side of town, because where I'm at right now, on Mount Oliver, it's just a beautiful community. So my background as youth is basically urban, strictly. And being urban, I've overcome a whole lot of things to get to this point where I'm at right now. And to do that, what I'm attempting to do is to show others that it's possible to achieve other things in other ways or the things that you want, let me say it in a better way. It's possible to achieve the things that you want in more positive ways. And that's where I'm at in my life now, so. As well as being part of DECA, I'm also part of, I'm part of Work Hard Pittsburgh Cooperative in the Allentown area. And it is one of the most positive things I've ever experienced in my life because it's a collaborative of people. It's more like a smorgasbord than a collaborative because Everyone in there is so diverse and it's, it's just, I can't even put it into one word what, it, what the experience actually is, but it's mind blowing because the saying, when you put yourself around positive people, you end up as a positive person and it's the truth. Because I put myself around positive people in Work Hard Pittsburgh and from Work Hard Pittsburgh I am now big dog management services, residential commercial cleaning. I am also lose lawn care, as well as the Boss Gloss, Auto Detail, and Conditioning Care Services. All of this came, yes, all of this came about. It's becoming part of Work Hard Pittsburgh and the Deco experience. And I'm not looking back, man. I'm not gonna. Like I said, I'm going to reiterate, when you put yourself around positive people, you become a positive person. Because positive things manifest in your life. Positive things come to fruition in, in your life. So why not continue to take positive steps? And that's just a little bit about me. I come from negative beginnings. I mean, that's meager to say. I come from extremely negative beginnings. And I'm here now in all-possible light, all-possible effect. So everything is positive to where the negativities come about now in life. I can look at some positive people and say, uh, can you help me figure this out? Whereas when I was in the negative part of my life, I didn't have
1: anyone to do that. So what was the city like when you were young?
0: Violent. Violent. This is Pittsburgh. So when Detroit was violent, Pittsburgh was violent. When New York was violent, Pittsburgh was violent. Because people don't realize, like, Pittsburgh, the city in and of itself, not so <laughs> Okay. Pittsburgh, the city. Hosted those violent people from New York, those violent people from Detroit, those violent people from California. You understand what I'm saying? So that, that's what I know. That's what I grew up. I grew up watching guys work in the mill and excuse the expression, pimp hoes at night, get out of Cadillacs and slamming Cadillac doors. So the saying was pimping hoes and slamming Cadillac doors. That's how they used to slang it. That it was actual life. It wasn't a slang. It was a life. I grew up seeing that. And then the violence, well, the Gs, they didn't, they kept that away from us. They kept us away from that. And back in my day, those were the Black Panthers, when everyone looked down as whatever thugs and whatever bad guys, but they weren't, actually. Because back in the 60s, I'm born in 1960, so in the city, in the 60s, it was Torment. Because I remember being a little black kid and living in Oakland at the time. Dan Marino lived in Oakland. When I lived in Oakland, this is how far back I'm going to go. Okay, you go to Oakland, Central Oakland, there's a place in Oakland called Dan Marino Field now. Well, back in the day, that was Fraser Field because it's on Fraser Street. So that was Fraser Street Field. That's what they used to call it forever. The reason it's called Dan Marino Field. Here's a true story and some facts. Fraser Street Field. Dan Marino's dad supported and sponsored all the sports that Fraser Street boys wanted to play. But it was only two sports. Baseball and football. Dan Marino could have been a two-sport player. Okay. Pitcher for the baseball team and quarterback for the football team. We used to chase Daddy Marino home every day because we couldn't be the quarterback. It was just his dad's role. Nobody's going to quarterback but Danny, period. We wanted to be quarterback too, but no, nah, it ain't happening. You be quarterback, and I take the whole thing away, but true story. So back in them days, it was like, you know, a lot of folks wasn't eating. And Panthers made sure the kids had food you be on the way to school. You, did you eat? No. Just come on through here. Go through here real quick. So you had to get up early. If you, you know, if you was poor, you got up early. and You went down here to the little house and walked through. You got a little meal real quick. Sat down. Hey, boom, boom, boom. It was on your way to school. So somebody walking five, ten kids to school. And that's what it was. You come home from school. If you didn't have food in your... Go down to that little house. You got fed. You need the shoes on your on your feet and you just tell somebody, they come talk to your people, assess the situation. Man, they I miss them days, because they're, they're, they're gone. So all the violence that was going on back then, that's what I come in, up in, turbulent times. Just, okay, born 1960, I'm 60 years old. I'll be 61 this October, so it's a little spooky because as a kid, like I say, I remember getting smacked in the head. Going down here by your house, you little nigger. I remember this, man. Get kicked in the ass and shit by the police dude that lived up the street. Cause he didn't like black folks. That just was like that. Don't go, don't, don't go up there by Mr. Kaminsky's house. That was his name, Kaminsky. I remember that shit. Mr. Kaminsky was mean as fuck. <laughs> okay, excuse my language for edit that out, but yeah, you be black up by Mr. Kaminsky's, you was getting kicked in the ass or smacked in the head. That was his trademark. Kick you in the ass. Pow, get out of here, you little nigger. Smack you right here in the back of your head. Pow, he'd like to watch you. Put it on you. And if you fail, because you know, that puts the head speed on you. <laughs> A good one, and you connect, Whack! and then you lead them, they gonna run. It looks funny, it really does. But it's fucked up to think about that. So, yeah, today, I'm somewhere and that felt good, to take a breath. This is mad, this is quiet. This is, I learned about heaven. I don't gotta die. Literally like breathe no more To Man, this is my little piece of it right here. Turn my fans on, get cold, get a little hot up in this place. Man, turn the fans on. You know what I mean? Cool off, have cool beverage. You know? <laughs> hey, and look at the. This is what I do, Anthony. I sit back and I watch the birds. I literally watch the birds.
1: Next, Lewis shares his thoughts on the opportunities and challenges from several projects in his community.
0: Chicken Hill is a place in McKinley Park where back in the day when all of this area was urban farming, actually. It was farming. It wasn't urban farming. It was farm area. It didn't become urban until black folks moved in. So then it became the urban. But before the urban, this was farm area. Mount Oliver, Knoxville, Beltsuver, Mount Washington, farm area. So McKinley Park had a spot on Michigan Street at the top of Michigan. It's actually in the middle of Michigan, right before the Eldora uh, Horseshoe, okay? Now, this hill was called Chicken Hill. And people used to say specifically because as children, we used to ride down the hill in the snow. We used to sled ride. And if you could ride real good, you know, you, you wasn't a chicken. You had to maneuver the trees or you was going to the hospital if you didn't kill yourself, literally. So, you know, cats would get on the sleds and then jump off of them. Hence the word, you, you chicken on the hill. You on Chicken Hill. No, Chicken Hill got its name because back in the farm days, that's where they, you know, did all the chicken. Uh, they were, They had the chicken coops and stuff down there. So they had chickens down there. Hence Chicken Hill. <laughs> so, so, what's the Chicken Hill project? Well, in my conception, the Chicken Hill project was from Warrington Avenue, okay? Because people come through there and they walk, they jog, and when I was coming up in the community, it was beautiful. I mean, literally. The streets were clean, the The, the people had flowers in their yards. I mean, throughout the whole, every street. Right now, you're through there, all this missing is tumbleweeds. So back then, what it was, was like uh, the pride. It was such a pride in the community, okay, and, and to be part of that, just, Hello. just to be part of that, just, you know, wow. The Chicken Hill Project was, you walk from Warrington Avenue up Haberman, you light it up because there's no lights. And you walk, take all the way up to Haberman Hill. Haberman brings you up onto uh, Freeland. Okay, walk over Freeland, down Delmont, and you're going down to the park. Well, getting down into Chicken Hill, you put some lights, steps, paths, and there's several uh, trails that go leading down to the bottom of the park. You got a trail, two trails. One goes high, one goes below that. And they, but they still go down to the, to the bottom of the park. Okay. One lets you out on the parking lot, on the street side, by the little field, and one takes you down. The, the one down under takes you down to the, the football field, the running track. So they have another one. There's three trails that actually lead you down to the tennis courts because one takes you all the way around and brings you down, one brings you down windy, and then the third one brings you straight down. But that's where they put in the water reserve or something, so they're cutting that trail out. But my my idea was to put lights on that trail, leading down to the, the basket. I mean the uh, tennis courts and whatnot, and do a water slide sort of thing for like summertime, have fun, you know, do a cement water slide, nothing fancy, but do a water slide. Boom, it goes all the way down. You know, like a little thrill ride. Okay, some, some like some low adventure in the park. And then once you, you know, got down there, you you have benches and seats and and things of that nature to uh, to experience and be, you know, part of, you know, the beautifulness. This and what's happened since the Larmerville Bell Suver basically never came to fruition on the South Side. Um, it's, it's, it's ugly because the, the, the lack of unity. It's it's or, or, or unified unity, if that makes sense. Because there's a lot of unity, but it's cliquish. I mean, whatever you want to call it. Tailor-made. Nepotized, I don't know, but it's to me I call it a click. If you're not part of the click, then you're not in it. So there's a lot of that going on where it needs to be. All of those clicks need to come together and be one thing. I mean, I call it the table, the table tipping thing. Okay, we're all up under the table, and all the resources are on the top. But here's what's happened. we're all under the table, and I say T- let's tip. Go get it, Anthony, and you go get yours. I don't care if you take a little bit, you take a lot. Go get yours. But come back so you can help tip the table so he could go get something. And the thing was, we tipped the table, but people not coming back to the table. Table heavy. We need everybody to tip the table. See what I'm saying? Because if you're leaving and we got everybody leaving the table, how are we going to? And this is what happened. So everybody grabbed and didn't come back and whatever, y'all figured that out. So now those that have figured it out, those that grabbed, oh man, need more, can't keep them away. So now here they go, they're back. So you know what their transparency is about. So now here you go. Are you going to put your transparency on the table or are you going to hold back? And that's what's happening can't hold back, especially about this government funding. It's enough money for all of us, man. And it ain't even about the money. It's enough resources for people to be able to do some things and make them happen. Then all about making money, think about how to turn what you're doing into a money maker. That's what the whole, this is what I've learned from putting myself around positive people because in the same aspect, there's not positive people that co mingle with positive people and are doing not positive things with the same positive resources positive people are getting. So now are casting a bad shadow on the positive people. You understand what I'm saying? So that is where my dilemma comes with why nothing's happening because I don't want to attach myself. I don't want to be affiliated. I don't want to taint what I'm attempting to be for the next family, the next father, the next uncle trying to look out for his sister's kids, the next grandfather. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is, yeah, I'm not trying to do that. And it just, that's why I don't have nothing right now. Cause I don't play by those rules. So <laughs> I got a big turtle on my head right now. And that's why Larner has not. Bell Suver has not tied a knot because the South side is a hub for everything in the city. the hub of the city because you're five minutes from town, literally by driving, okay, you're ten minutes walking at a quick pace, literally, so you're eight twelve minutes on a on a bike ride, depending on the path you take literally from town that hub was supposed to have a nice tidy knot tied but there's still a disconnection now we got east side entrepreneur slash semi-developer slash community activist slash builder slash coming into the south side to finish what never got started, that's not good. So yeah, I got something on my mind. I have an anchor stone where I don't have to be
1: part of nothing, and I will attach this to that. Yeah, so you're like five minutes away from the Hilltop Urban Farm. Yes. What is um what's been your experience with that space so far? Have you have you been up there? I haven't been up there. I've
0: not yet been up there. I mean I've tried to ride by, but it's been stopped. So, you know, all I can do is ride by and reminisce when it was live, you know, a stone maze.
1: Yeah, what what was it before before it was uh, an urban farm? <laughs> a housing
0: project, literally. Okay the project was to see how long it would take you to self-destruct, basically. That's what projects became. That's why they call them projects. Because before they were projects, they were uh, military-type housing for mill workers. So it was mill rights housing for the mill workers and stuff. Because all the men went to build tanks and do this, that, and the other for the war efforts. And, you know, they needed housing to be close to the job so that's where they built those those units and then once the wars were over they needed to populate the units again to get revenue from them so what they done was turned them into low-income housing at first so it was cool but then once the segregation and all of this happened then it became projects and the project was to see how many people you can put in there before they self-destruct, how long would it take them to self-destruct, hence the name projects. So yeah, they were projects where you had people lived up there for six generations, literally. Like grandma was up there, her children were up there, her children's children, they had children and their kids was having kids before they closed it down. That's five generations of people. And that's just, you know, that's a hell of an experiment. Because, like up here in the north side, they had a couple families that were uh, national studies because they were valid people. And like they were literally national studies, man, of why all the men in these families were the way they were, why come they are all incarcerated, why come they died so young, why come they killed so many people, da 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 da, da. So I mean, since the, I've been born, man, no matter what side of town. I lived on. It's just always been extremely violent and, and arduous to, to navigate through. But I'm here. So, being St. Clair Village, the the uh, the housing complex is gone, and now the hilltop urban farms. It's just life going back to as it should be, in a sense. Okay, because. They take away all the negativity and they replace it with positivity. I could see that. Okay. Whereas people were thinking, oh, what about the, the residents? Well, they're living somewhere else. So there's no displacement. Okay. It's just up there they had no uh, no guidance, no rules, and they didn't follow the regulations. So hence, that's why it got shut down. But now it's an urban farm. I would be more than honored to be part of that, especially to have my bees, you know, and little things like that. That's bees that make pollen for the, for the farm. <laughs> so I'm connecting to it, in a sense, ecologically. If I get the bees, and I'm allergic to bees, so I get the bees, I'll have a, I'll have a direct link that the farm could utilize. Because you know, I've watched and studied this little thing, researched about farming. You, as an urban farmer, may say, "Lou, I need your bees to come and pollinate my field." I bring a box up there and just leave it. It's just that simple: putting boxes in certain places and implementing the bees to service the area to pollinate the the, the vegetation growing. Yeah, it's vital. To survival because people not paying attention to when the bees are gone your ass is gone no bees no you no me it's this a done deal it's like right now life all about faith man this is you either gonna believe in the one or believe in the other i know where i'm at i'm gonna stick with this urban farming i'm gonna learn what i can so i can teach my children this stuff you know what i mean so i can be part of something positive when i go that's what's going to be said. Yeah, he was doing this, that, and the other, blah, 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 blah. It's positive. So this urban farming experience is going to be something new because it's getting back to the basics of survival, of living. And it's not just survival, of living, good living, better living, because now I know what I'm eating. I know what I'm putting in my body. I know where it's coming from. I know who's growing it. So I know there's going to be no this, that, or nothing in it. It's not genetically modified. So now when I can get in it in the sense of an abundance, where I can give it to other people. Boom. Now I've created a commodity. And this is where I'm trying to get to. Man. For real. I'm, I mean, I'm not trying to get rich, but I'm trying to sell some vegetables and some fruit. Because I was going to chop the berry bush down, but I'm leaving. I'm going to just cut it back a little bit. Because that thing produces, and if people eating fresh berries, I know I could get about five or 10 pounds of them things easily. Easily. Like, <laughs> wow. If not more. That's just a guesstimate. Because what drops on the ground, man, I've been out here eating berries for the last three years. And I'm not going to stop. Peach tree yields, but it don't. Because you see the little green peaches on it, but. That's as big as they get. So I'm thinking about cultivating not ground. It might take 10 years for me to get a peach off that tree, but I'm gonna see what it do. That's where I'm at right now. That's why I want to be part of the urban farm. That's a peach tree. He got apples, cherries, and peaches in his yard. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna cut them down and I'm growing new ones because they're sick, and that's another thing happening with the environment. You ride anywhere you ride, and the trees hanging over, they got that ick on them, and it's green, and yellow, or white, that's from all the pesticides, and all the bull crap from the mills, and the soot, and all of that, and then the automobiles ain't making it no better. Trees can't breathe. Then they're deforesting everything and replanting zero. Then talking about, well the air is messed up. I wonder why. Put yourself around good people. And the saying is true. If you Put yourself around good people, you become one. And I see myself becoming a good person. I mean, I curse a lot, but I've been working on it. So I don't curse as much as I used to. Because I put myself around positive people that don't cuss a lot. You know, they have their little cuss fest. But <laughs> it's... I'm learning when to not do it. See, I'm not around. So right now I'm a little bit too relaxed, but hopefully you can edit all that cussing out. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I swear it's that. open your mind. That's what's holding us back. People closing their minds and not wanting to actually put the work in that is needed. Fuck, you gotta sweat, okay? Sweat for three hours instead of six. But at least you came and sweated that's the problem they want to come out when it's already oh that's nice i want the swag bags got got plenty swag bags they coming they're going to show up and you know this. you've seen it for yourself got swag bags they coming oh but they got to sweat for that swag oh shit <laughs> I,
1: i'll be back The Gardener's Report podcast is produced by the Pittsburgh Gardener's Report. Find us online at gardenersreport.com to learn about soil, plants, recipes, and the people who make our world better through gardening. I am your host for today, Anthony Stewart. Thank you for joining, and we hope to see you in the garden.